Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Western Hunting Hub podcast. Uh, if you would, do me a favor. I always forget to ask. If you listen on iTunes, give me a good review, write a little something quick, and then five stars, please. That'd be great. Uh, also, subscribe on whatever platform it is or follow. And then uh, I want to give back to you guys for our 100th episode coming up here in just a couple of episodes. Uh, and I'd like to get this out to someone before Christmas. So I've got a new Hoyt bow sitting here on my desk. It's brand new in the box, but it's not a brand new model. Uh, but it's never been shot. It's still got the pack box and the package all around here. It is a Hoyt Axius. It is a 28 to 30 inch draw, 60 to 70 pounds. Uh, good sharp looking bow. Pretty sure it's got the, I think it's a Kuyu camo on it i don't have it it's still in the box i'm not gonna pull it out uh, but i have that for you somebody and the reason why i wanted to do this is it was time for a giveaway but also i need just a little quick fundraiser uh just to pay for the waypoint subscription we now have that fee last year did a facebook donation thing and you guys helped me buy some equipment that i'm currently still using and uh, it's been making this whole thing work so Appreciate all of you for that. Uh, but this year, uh, now I need to help pay for the podcast itself. So just asking for a little favor. Uh, and in return this year, you'll be put into a drawing for a bow. If you, even if you're enjoying the podcast or, uh, and this bow doesn't fit you or you're left-handed, uh, it'd be great. Throw in 20 bucks and take it and give it to somebody. It'd be a really great Christmas gift for somebody. So, uh, the ways that you could get into this drawing are donate 20 bucks or a hundred bucks. I don't care. You can donate as much as you want, uh, for, but each $20 increment is one ticket into the bucket. And I'm going to go through and do some manual work and put these things actually in a bucket. Cause I'm not, I don't actually need that many. Uh, 60 people would probably take care of it. It'd pay for the bow and it'd pay for the monthly subscription. I think that's right in there. So your odds actually wouldn't be too terrible bad. It'd be about like a Ducks Unlimited banquet when you buy a card out of the 52 card deck. So your, your chances would be about like that unless you bought a lot more and then your chances are pretty good. So not a huge, huge pull, pull or not a huge, um, pool of people i'm sure um or maybe it will be i'll be surprised it'd be great uh, but we'll get you in your name into the drawing so you can venmo me and i will have the link down below to my venmo which is just at clint whitley at c-l-i-n-t-w-h-i-t-l-e-y uh or we'll do i'll put my paypal link down below uh, or i'll set up a Facebook donation thing like I did last year. The big thing I need you to do is make sure that your name is attached to it uh, in some way as well as your phone number or a way to contact you so I can make sure to let you know you won the bow. If you do that contact, I would suggest maybe putting uh, the Venmo on private. Don't make it a public post. So uh, there you have it. Uh, we've got, uh, a, 
sweet new bow ready to go out to somebody but we're gonna run this just a month or two and hopefully get that up before christmas all right so anyway thanks for uh, all you've all you listeners for the last 99 episodes 98 episodes uh, and this one is with dylan dawson from onyx we've had him on before for multiple things with onyx so this time we're talking talking hunting as well as uh, some new features onyx has coming down the down the pipe thanks all right, Dylan, thanks for coming on my podcast again. This is probably three or four I think you've you've been on, so uh, I like the the regularity of you joining me here, and it's fun to to hear the inside from, from Onyx, and, uh, but thanks for coming back on. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thanks for having me back, and as you said, it's always good to catch up, especially mid-season and exchange some hunting stories and talk about what's what's new going on at Onyx, so happy yeah. to be here yeah and that's that's really what i've been focusing on quite a bit lately it's just hunting stories because that's what we learn from and uh i catch some flack here and there for the mistakes made in the field but <laughs> i don't care <laughs> that's a... i've got i've got plenty of mistakes this year yeah and uh when you start to get um i wouldn't say cocky but when you uh start to feel like you, you're starting to get a few things figured out, particularly in my case for archery oak, um, you become humbled very quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I am right there with you. Had a pretty rough, uh, rough go there. The tag got filled, but it was a, a rough deal. So yeah, tell us about, let's walk, walk through, uh, your fall so far, what, what you've, what you've had, what you, let's tell some stories. For sure. Um, so this fall definitely has been different. Um, and we might've even, I can't remember the last time I was on quite how long ago it was, but, um, long story short, I, uh, became a father on May 3rd of this year. So first year, um, having a kiddo at home and it changes things a little bit as far as time, time in the field. Um, you know, it's, it's great. As, as we were talking earlier, I wouldn't change anything for the world, but uh, you're definitely a little more limited. And it's easy to say, it was easy for me to say beforehand, oh, you know, by the time September rolls around, we'll be good to go. And I, I'm, you know, it won't limit me too much and everything will be good, but not always the case. So um, this year, I'm definitely, I was and am relying on e scouting a lot more heavily this year than I ever have, just because I didn't put boots on the ground once before season i did not hike into an area i did not glass an area i didn't even drive up to an area um before season which is a little unusual um so e-scouted pretty hard this year um which is is good to look at things from a you know a different perspective but when i when i got to some of the areas that i was e-scouting i re- i quickly realized the so montana here where we've been struggling for moisture um I don't know if they would consider it quote unquote a drought, but it is very, very dry. Um, and I, I think that's one of the the main factors for this year, just not finding elk where I typically find elk and, um, not e-scouting areas quite effectively once I get boots on the ground. So anyways, um, limited on time so far, but, um, actually, and to take another step back, uh, a couple of really good buddies of mine drew some great tags this year for rifle. Um, one of them drew a, a moose tag, uh, a rifle moose tag. One of them drew a mountain goat tag and another, uh, buddy coworker, Zach Sandow drew a really good art or not archery, a rifle bull tag here in Montana. So a lot of the season also, um, I shouldn't say a lot, a considerable amount of the season so far has also been with, with them on their tags, just because I want to help out and be a part of it as much as possible. Uh, a couple of weeks from now is opener for rifle here in Montana. And then we are, I'm headed out with Zach for his, uh, rifle elk tag for four or five days on that one. So, um, you know, it kind of feels like a little bit, my tags have been burning a hole in my pocket, but, uh, there's still definitely some time. And that's, what's nice about Montana with the, the long seasons and then if you're not successful in archery you can pull out the rifle and have a full rifle season so 
Yeah, you've already, crossed. you've already got a really nice bull, so it's nice to have. <laughs> Go out and it, uh, I I should have had another one this year though. I oh shoot. So I I went uh, basically my elk hunt this year was was one week. I took one week off and went. And typically I'll I would do that in the past, but I would also you know do long weekends and even evening hunts and morning hunts and you know just stay as local as possible just to get as many hunts in as I can. Um, and I feel like that's always played a huge role in my success. Um, you know, just time in the field and being persistent. And so this year I took one week off, uh, and I had a kind of a, it it is a special unit, um, archery elk tag, but pretty easy one, pretty much a guarantee for a resident here in Montana. Um, went over, had several close encounters, um, a handful of just shook my head and are you kidding me? Like, how did I mess that up? Or how, you know, drawing, drawing my bow and the wind switched at the last second, like three of those where you're just like, I don't even know what I would have done differently, but incredibly frustrated. Um, yeah, on, on some nice bulls. And I, uh, I did release an arrow on a very nice six point. Um, and he, he ended up spinning right as I shot and it didn't work out ended up watching that bull for four or five days, tried to get on him several more times, got to like 65 yards from him in his bed and the wind switched. And so, yeah, lots of uh, very close calls with uh, a couple of really nice bulls. And, you know, you keep replaying those moments in your head and you're like, if, if I would have shot a quarter second sooner, or if I wouldn't have, have got up and, you know, move five feet on that stock or whatever, that bull would have came right by me. And, but that's that's what keeps us going back and keeps it exciting. I mean, um, definitely a lot of fuel to the fire for next archery season. And it's those images I know are burned in your brain, like they are mine, <laughs> of those. That when you get the glimpse of that big rack or whatever it is, turning and bolting or ducking or doing something that's like that was the last image I saw of it, and that's it's over it's gone. Yep. gone. Yep. So those just are <laughs> exactly. burned into your brain and oh, yeah. yeah, they either feel the fire or humble you or make you want to just throw your bow. <laughs> I, I would say definitely all of the above. Right. <laughs> this year, uh, there was another one too that I, I typically never sit on water. It's just not a way that I really like to hunt, but it was incredibly hot. It was like 95 degrees and I didn't really have a plan for an evening hunt. And I was like, well, I know where a water tank is and I know there's elk in the area. I'm just going to try and be patient and go sit and, and maybe something will come in. Um, I sat down and I think I was there for like 30 minutes. And this is why I don't sit water because I was there for 30 minutes and I was already bored. Um, yep, I was I like looking mean. around and it wasn't, I wasn't real covered where I was sitting and I was looking around and there's a couple like uh, logs and some branches and whatever. And I was like, well, I've got plenty of time. I'm here a little early. I'll get up and, you know, make myself a kind of a makeshift little ground blind just to be a little more concealed. So I don't feel like I'm sticking out in the wide open when an elk does come in, if an elk comes in. And so this is probably, I don't know, 4.30, 4.45 in the afternoon. Um, should have known better with how warm it was. But anyways, I, I leave my bow on the ground, get up and grab a few of them, start making a, a little makeshift blind. And, uh, I heard something, I turned my head and there was probably, he was a nice boy. He's probably about a 300 inch six point, um, at no kidding, probably 20 yards from me running the direct opposite way. Um, I have no clue how, how close that bull walked right to me. He was coming right to the water and he was in the wide open. Um, if I had my head on a swivel and was paying attention, I would have seen him. Um, but I was, you know making myself a ground blind. <laughs> so I, that one will definitely be etched in my mind because it was one of those, like if I had just stayed sitting down, um, you know, and the wind stayed consistent, which I, I feel like it was, uh, that bull would have walked 15 yards in front of me broadside. <laughs> oh, geez. Isn't that crazy? Like you talk about elk are not quiet. You hear them coming, but then they, oh, yeah. when they're just making their way to feed or whatever but when a bull wants to sneak in somewhere how the heck does that giant thing with three foot wide antlers make it through stuff or 700 pound animals not step on a stick 
How do we, yep. how do we no. not hear that? And yeah, you and I are not at the age to where our hearing's going where <laughs> we can <laughs> still, be yet. right, <laughs> right. No, we can still hear that stuff. How are, how are we not hearing those things? That just blows my mind. That, that story is so common, so common. Mm-hmm. It just blows my no, mind. I just remember hearing, uh, you know, when, when elk are kind of running sometimes, but they're not like really trying to get out of there. They just knew something was up and it's almost like they drag their hooves as they run. Um, I don't know if it's to make more noise or that's just how they, that this particular bull ran, but it really stood out to me. Him just like kind of dragging his hooves on the ground as he was running. And yeah, like I said, he was 20 yards when I saw him. So, I mean, that bull could have been under 15 yards from me when he decided that the weird object in camo up grabbing sticks wasn't what he was interested in. <laughs> yeah. I, a few years ago I had that with raking a tree and I literally, my pants were up, but I felt like my pants were at my ankles. Just I'm raking <laughs> a tree and my bow is down there. And that giant six point with his inlines were just so, I just got it that engraved, engraved in my brain of that fourth, fifth, sixth, just like that perfect sequential, uh, getting smaller as they go down to those points, just the beautiful, those points I remember just being really pretty and he was narrow, yep. but just a beautiful looking 300, whatever class bull. And he just caught me at 15 yards, snuck in out of nowhere. That same thing again, not being ready. And I called him in, but it we called him in too close and I quit quit too late <laughs> so yeah no and that the same thing happened to me last year i was actually i was solo and i was uh exchanging bugles from a bull at the very bottom of a, a drainage that i was debating on if he was going to continue to to respond i was going to head down in after him but it was just it was nasty um so honestly i was sitting on the edge of a logging road by myself kind of just contemplating, okay, what's my move? What are the thermals going to do in the next hour? Where's that bull going to go? Do I want to drop down, you know, 1500 feet into this nasty drainage after him right now? Um, and anyways, I, I bugled and I, I'll remember this one forever. I bugled and then all of a sudden I heard just almost like one tiny little rock move to my left. And so as the bugle tube is still like up to my my mouth, I just kind of like slowly turned my head and he was a small bull, but he was standing there 15 yards, just staring at me, watching me bugle. And I was like, how, like, where did, like, where did he come from? I have no idea. I didn't hear him. It was a rocky old logging road. So I should have heard him walking down the road. Um, but yeah, that was another one where, like you said, my pants were up, but they did not feel like it. Um, and he stood there and stared at me, uh, for the longest time. And, the wind switched and that was that, but yeah, all those little, you know, between those, which that's kind of out of your control. I don't usually feel too bad about those. Uh, right, but then again, right. I, I definitely did about like the, the sitting on water one, because it was just my lack of patience that caused that one. Um, but then there's all those little, little split second decisions that you make that can make or break your season like that the bull I let narrow go on this year. Um, really nice, uh, typical narrow, probably about a 320 bull. Excellent. Great bull. Um, I mean, I'd be happy. I'm happy with any uh, bull with a bow, but this one was definitely, um, would have been one of the better ones that I had shot and, uh, walked by me at about 30 yards. And I decided to call to stop him and he didn't like it. You know, if I would have just not called and maybe he would have stopped and, not knowing I was there and I would have had time and it would have been great. Or he might've kept walking and walked in my wind and I wish I would have stopped him. So, you know, all those little decisions that will haunt you, but then also if you do it right, then it uh, makes the hunt. Yeah. And you know, what's crazy is that whitetail hunters would probably laugh at us. We can't sit for 30 minutes or an hour. <laughs> or I had uh, Danny Bolton on, um, I interviewed him yesterday and it'll be, that one will be my hundredth episode. So that's kind of cool. Um, that's awesome but he was hunting in idaho uh and i don't know if you knew who he know who he is but he was just on the mediator podcast he was uh, on their cat scratch fever the one that got super sick from eating raw goat um oh yeah but anyway he uh he, he sat in a he went to an outfitter of some sort but he sat in a few different blinds for 10 
straight days and sitting over a water hole in Idaho and nothing for 10 straight days. He said it was brutal. It's like, I couldn't even do that. No, no, <laughs> I have a no lot of respect way. for, yeah, I have a lot of respect for people who do. Um, I, in my, I think it's more difficult. I think it's more challenging to sit for even an, an evening than it is to go hike around and, and see what you can run into. But you know, it can be incredibly effective too. Um, yeah. I mean that, that afternoon it would have, it should have worked for me. You know, who knows? He might've winded me at the last minute or known something was up or whatever. You never know, but, um, yeah, it, it can be effective. So you were talking, it was last like early spring, I think maybe we, we had talked, but you had mentioned looking into a Colorado hunt, um, that happened at all. Or gonna happen at all this uh, year? Or nope, is it... that one got postponed to next year. Um, still looking into it, but uh, figured, and I'm glad now that I postponed it. Um, as I said in the beginning, you know, right. I thought, oh, it'll be the same. I'll have all this time and whatever. Which uh, I was humbled a little bit. Um, but yeah, that one got postponed, so that probably, hopefully, fingers crossed, we draw um, will be a next year. What about the goat or moose hunt? Any of those happen yet? that you're we're jumping um yes yeah, so my my buddy i was i was supposed to go on the mountain goat hunt um and ch- plans changed dates pivoted a little bit um so i wasn't able to go on that one and it actually tagged out on a nice goat really early in the hunt so that one tags already filled but i wasn't there uh my other buddy's moose hunt he's actually up right now um and uh the weather here in montana definitely has switched the past week or so i'm looking outside and it's kind of raining snowing there's some snow up high in the mountains um and the visibility hasn't been very good so he said the last couple days he he uh, reached out last night had some service and so the last couple days uh been struggling a little bit with weather and visibility um but he's he's out this week and i'm hopefully going to meet up with them one of these evenings and then this weekend as well as carrying my bow around in case i find a a bull on the last weekend of archery here in Montana. Um, and then the, the rifle elk hunt, uh, kicks off two weekends from now. So not, not this coming weekend, but then the following is, is opener for that one. I don't even know. It's just like drawing a goat tag. You're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Cause you don't get to hunt those very it's, often. Yep. Like a moose yep. hunt. It'd be one of those. I don't know what I'm doing. Cause I'm not, <laughs> it's something that, is brand new and how to hunt them. The you learn how to hunt elk, deer, and bear really well because you can do it all the time. Mm-hmm. But moose, you just back to square one and learning everything. So that'd be that's cool that you get to jump. Hopefully, jump in on a hunt and learn from their mistakes, or at least hear what his <laughs> strategies are, or, and then yep. see what works, what so doesn't work. So the day you draw one, you got an idea. Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> so hopefully he, that day comes. Yeah, you can just tell him he's the unlucky one that drew first. So we have to learn from however you do it. Exactly. No, that's that's a good point. Like we went to Kodiak last year and hunted uh, Sitka blacktail, mm-hmm. which was you know I I figured going into like that one, okay, I've hunted enough whitetail and mule deer. There's going to be some correlations, and there definitely was, but just more so hunting new terrain and new species. Um, by the time your hunt is over, you feel like you're just kind of getting it figured out. You know, you're like, right. man, if I had another seven days now, after knowing what I know, it would be, you know, a lot more productive. Um, so that's kind of probably the same with a moose sheep or goat, you know, not really much experience, by, but by the end of it, you're like, man, I wish I wish I could do that you know, again. Knew, I wish I knew now what I knew, or I wish I knew then what I know now. Yep. Exactly. So then, uh, what's the rest of the fall look like besides that, that elk hunt, uh, yeah, buddies so, and, or yeah, elk hunt and moose hunt. Yep. Elk hunt, uh, hopefully get on the moose hunt and then I'm going to try and, uh, figure out how to kill a, a bull elk with a rifle, which honestly will be new to me. I've, I've never shot a bull with a rifle. I've shot a couple cows. Um, but typically it's just archery is, is for elk and once rifle season, um, comes, you know, I, I, I switched to mule deer. Um, and so this year will be a little different. 
going to take some time off and, and try and find a, a later season bull uh, with the rifle. I say that, I mean, I do have this weekend still, but uh, if that doesn't pan out. It's uh, onto the rifle. And then we, I usually make it uh, back home to Eastern Montana for the last week of, of rifle season. And then really that week is, is all mule deer. Um, once in a while we find an occasional nice white tail that, catches my attention and diverts my plan from mule deer, but, uh, that's basically a, a week long mule deer hunt. Cool. Uh, what, uh, what little adventures have you taken, taken the little one on? What's, uh, cause I'm sure, I'm sure you've probably decided to, like, I'm at least going to go do something. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So we, uh, my wife and I actually took him on, one elk hunt this year and when i say elk hunt um you know we we drove around and and bugle checked some canyons and walked a little ways from the pickup and glass and and whatever um and he did he did pretty well he he got a little fussy he got a little upset on the ride home on the bumpy ride i don't think he liked that but um yeah it was it was cool just to get him out you know obviously it wasn't going to be a, a super productive hunt um i did tell my wife you know if we get a response down in a drainage i'll see you when i see you um right. if you have to you can run back to the house and and do what you need to do um and then come come get pick me up later or whatever um but it was it was really cool honestly more so for the photos and and the memories of just his first hunting trip if you will um it was definitely worth taking taking the time to do that and, you know, not going on a more serious hunt for that, that day. So it was cool. Yeah. I, uh, I, I got a three-year-old and this may sound horrible, but I hate going to the playground. I, (laughs) (laughs) um, playing with, with the little toys is fine, but with him, but when I am, when he's on my back, chirping my ear off, just talking about whatever, pointing out poop, pointing out this, that is <clears> so <throat> much fun for me. So much fun. And, and I'm excited for you to experience it the day when he, right? Or she, What's that? You're, you're a little, yeah, yep. you've got a little boy. Yep. Um, yep. When, when he is talking and saying, having, you're having conversations <laughs> that are, uh, yep. just so much fun. I, that is the most rewarding part. And I've got so many plans in the near future of just even a little camping out. I can't wait to, to camp out with him and do a one day hunt. Uh, and whether that's chasing antelope or deer or something like that, that's, that's when I have yep. the most fun with him. Absolutely. And, and maybe that's me being selfish because we're doing what I like to do, but it's, I don't even care what we, <laughs> yeah. It, I, I took yeah. him on an antelope hunt and it was a mistake because it was opening day and there was too many hunters out, but he was, we, I just wanted to shoot a, I had a doe tag and a buck tag and I really, really wanted to just put something on the ground. I didn't care what, just, to, yep. just for him to see that part and be a part of that. And it's just too many too many hunters and and he now repeats the hunt other hunters ruined our shot the hunter hunters ruined our shot. that's that's his response to that now because uh, we were on actually on a really nice buck <laughs> and it was just a matter of the right movements and the right things to come together and it just didn't as hunters piled in all around uh and just yeah didn't really care that yeah. you were there and then it was a safety thing of I'm getting out of here. This is stupid. There's way too many people chasing a few antelope that I have no desire to, to be a part of, but yeah, no, for sure. I'm looking forward to, to those hunts though. You know, the, just taking them out in uh, where he can engage and, and be a part of it and say, no, I think we should go around this way or, you know, no, let's, let's crawl up and see if we see him, that type of stuff. And honestly, I remember, um, I remember going with my dad when I was shoot, we've got a couple photos where I was like four and, and actively, you know, hunting with him and on some success photos and stuff. And yes, yeah, it's, it's just cool. Hoping he likes it um, as much as I do, but uh, I feel like as long as, you know, I don't, don't burn him out with it or, or take him, you know, super early on when the conditions aren't awesome or anything like that. I think it'll, I think he'll be, 
be into it. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a weird balance of you want them to like it, but you know you what? I don't want them to like it too much. <laughs> no, no, and I've and I keep telling myself I I don't really care what he's into. I just want him to be into whatever he does. He does it the best of his ability. If it's yep, and maybe that is just going to be. Oh God forbid, not basketball because I was a wrestler. But even if it is basketball, then <laughs> I played basketball. So <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, sorry, yeah. You know, yeah. A little difference between the grapplers and the pumpkin pushers. <laughs> exactly. No, I've I've heard it all. Yeah, yeah. Me too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't care if it is basketball. Then, but as long as he does it to the best of his ability, and that's what he puts his time in, and he has an appreciation for the outdoors. That's what I care about. That appreciation yeah. is is the goal because he doesn't have to be a hunter to appreciate it and understand what I'm doing. But if it's yep. a part of my life, like it is nonstop 24 seven, uh, hunting is a part of my life that it's just what we do. It's a part of life. Yep. And I think that's just gonna come through because you do the same thing, your work and, and your play is, has very, fine lines and sometimes you can't tell the difference uh it's it's hunting and and work and so yeah no absolutely i totally get what you're saying and like you said i mean for for us and um you know speaking for me i guess it it's just something like you said it's something we do there's never like a oh am i gonna go out this season or you know (laughs) it's just it's something i've always done and something i i do and just kind of a part of who i am um, so yeah, no, it's, it's good though. I'm looking forward to a few years from now. Yeah. So switching gears, uh, having to do a little bit more e-scouting and I've been sharing a lot of, of and watching a lot more of, uh, your guys's videos. Cause there's been some really good tutorials on and just short clips on, Hey, here's a new features, how to use it. What are some of the, the new things that Onyx have been putting out that are, useful for well i'm sure it's all useful but some of those big things that you've really enjoyed using and been helpful yeah for sure and like like you and i were talking earlier you know we're, we're always putting out new stuff but first and foremost our biggest um i wouldn't say goal but you know what what we do ahead of new fancy shiny features is make sure that our data is the most accurate and up-to-date out there possible so we're constantly updating states, whether that be new private land boundaries or ownership, or, you know, maybe it was a, uh, a land swap where something new is in public and then something new is in private game management unit boundary changes, et cetera. So uh, we are constantly updating every state, um, you know, as, as frequently as possible. Um, and then once we get that figured out, I mean, they're separate teams, so it really doesn't compete with each other. Once we get those all updated, um, you know, then we start working with new features and stuff. And a couple new ones this year that that have really came in handy for me um, is a, a major update to 3D. So currently it is um, on the computer. So when you have the phone app, you can go on the computer and view the same map. It's really nice for e-scouting and just looking at things with a bigger picture. Um and this year we, we revamped our 3D, made it a lot more user-friendly. Um, it shows 3D definitely uh, better than what it did before. Um, and it's just kind of a, a new experience. And this year e-scouting, I use that a ton. So you can now put layers on top of it. You can mark waypoints, uh, lines, tracks, whatever, right, right on the 3D. Um, of course, all of that data that you put in there uh, transfer seamlessly right to your phone so when you get in the field but i would say for me this year 3d is is kind of the the biggest one that that i found useful um a couple other ones that we've done this year and we're working on quite a bit right now as we speak but uh crop uh data is is one of them and so what that is essentially is uh it's a layer where you can turn on and off different crops um so for, for farm crops and, and egg fields and all that good stuff, you can see actually what was planted last year, whether it be soybeans, you know, wheat, winter wheat, um, alfalfa, hay, corn, whatever. Um, we've got a ton of those that you can turn on and off. And to be completely honest, originally going into it being a Western hunter, um, 
I didn't really see the value in it that I do now. I, I was like, yeah, this is super great information. Uh, probably going to lend itself a little bit better toward the whitetail hunter, you know, sitting over crops, um, whitetail hunting. Um, but the more that the season has gone on, like where my elk hunt was, we were on public land, but there was um, some private bordering it and some private around it that had some alfalfa fields. And I was able to to go on the app, turn on alfalfa hay, um, and visually see where those fields were last year this year they were in the same spots and then those elk in the night time would, would feed out into the alfalfa fields um and then come back you know first light or whatever and bed on public in the timber so it was super helpful for that and i i feel like mule deer whitetail hunting will be equally helpful um even if i'm hunting breaky country that's not egg land there's a good chance if there's if there's crops around um you know within a mile or couple miles even um you know they're they're gonna head there and, and eat that there's no sense eating out of a bunch of sagebrush grass when when there's alfalfa half a mile away up the coulee so um yeah that one's proven to be a lot more beneficial for for the western hunter than than i was originally anticipating um and then, yeah like i said we're, we're just working on a lot of new stuff a bunch of updates for save maps for sharing content um we're possibly working on some some wind direction on the map stuff. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited for, for what's to come for sure. There's, there's quite a bit on the, the docket. Yeah. I've got, uh, a new spot that is kind of very similar to the, that break country with some, I can, I know there's irrigation pivots in the area down below. And so that similar, similar concept you're talking about of, all right, I know these mule deer are going to be feeding down in those fields and making their way back up into the breaks in the morning. Uh, so that, yeah, I was looking at that a similar way as a, be interesting to know what, what exactly planted there. But as a hunter and a user of the product, I was kind of questioning like, and I know this is secret information and, and you can't say how you necessarily got it, but it's to the point where I'm like, how accurate is this? How, like, how do you, how did, how do we yep. know? I didn't know like some of that would be public information. Like how do they know a, a farmer planted corn this year or last year? So yeah, I, I can't get into it too much, but essentially a lot of it is done on like satellite imagery. Um, okay. There's based off of, you know, algorithms or some something that somebody a heck of a lot smarter than myself uh figured out and put together but you know it's new in the sense that nobody to to my knowledge anyways uh nobody really has it so it's kind of something that sets us apart it's not easily accessible um and so as far as accuracy goes we we tested a lot of areas had a lot of our ambassadors and and people that we know in the industry uh kind of spot check it and you know everything was good to go on that the one thing to note with that though is they are last year's crop it's not what's planted currently right now um just because it'd be impossible to to get that with with the way that we do so but a lot of folks um who are educated in the matter will know okay well if this was planted soybeans last year there's a chance it could be this this or this or um kind of understand the rotations on the crops um and so it can be still incredibly helpful on what it can be this year. Well, and that's probably your main one anyway that you care about is knowing corn versus soybeans. I think that seems to be the biggest decision factor for stand locations or whatever, I would I would assume. And that's yep. been my experience. And, you know, if they switch from one crop to the next, a turnip to sunflowers or whatever, mm-hmm. that's going to be some it's still a, a valuable food source would you hunt that any differently maybe maybe not i don't know uh but corn and soybeans absolutely difference in cover different food source uh definitely would be hunting yeah. that just a little differently so yeah and so we're working on kind of an extension of this um is some tree data so you know you'll be able to uh, in the future be able to pinpoint like a packet uh a pocket of aspens um, mixed in with some other tree trees. And then also, so it'll 
show you the the tree type but also the uh you know how mature that forest is is it like a stage one two or three and what does that mean um and so that'll be that'll be helpful too and i know for me i will definitely have to educate myself a little bit more on you know what that means what what am i looking for and i it's going to be really interesting because i've got a ton of waypoints um for bedding areas and for you know feeding areas and for all these things let's say specifically for elk um and then once we get that data in the app looking at it in conjunction with the data that i already have knowing that this was a feeding area knowing that this is a bedding area because i've been there um it'll be really interesting to to see what type of correlations i can make with the data i've collected and then knowing what the tree data is for those particular areas there might be some patterns um that that i can educate myself with and then it'll help me looking for other places to hunt uh to kind of repeat those patterns so yeah that that's uh another one that we're working on right now that um you know nobody really has so that's a cool one uh i got an idea that this would be kind of cool uh maybe even like a safety thing of if there's any way to turn on your location and share that with a buddy so that you know where they are and i know there's an there is an app out there that has done that, but you had to, had mm-hmm. to have been in Wi-Fi, and maybe you still do. But uh, like I know, I use Find My Phone to know where my wife is all the time, just as a as a little. Okay, I know she's coming home. I know where she's at. Mm-hmm. I know she's safe. But uh, it'd be a neat safety thing of of being able to check where where your buddy's at. It's like, hey, check on yep. you, and you allow them to share share points. I don't know. Is that a, is that so a that thing? Definitely- it's definitely a thing as far as being talked about, discussed and, and being looked into um, currently until, you know, that either a technology or B, you know, we get that figured out. Um, we actually have partnered with somewhere. So are you familiar with somewhere? Uh-uh. So basically I'm sure you're, you're familiar with uh, like Garmin in reach, yeah. um, like a satellite communicator. So somewhere essentially does the same thing. Um, allows you to to text to send messages from anywhere in the world basically um without cell service and so we have partnered with somewhere to where you get a discount on the device um when you're an elite member to to onyx and then also with that uh we're working on some cool things where you can share waypoints while uh while you don't have service This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Okay, so yeah, my my inReach, yeah, it's another device. It's heavy. Um, the I don't even have one anymore. I I had used it for a different job down the road in the in the past, and it was a big thing, like that old GPS style thing. I didn't really use, uh, and yeah, because you have Onyx, and I had the old old chip, and I know you guys still have that, but the old chip that was in my little Etrex Garmin thing and uh so i've had those but now it's just like most people it's all on my phone so that yeah that'd be that'd be a neat piece of technology to have pretty neat. and yeah. another another thought just as a if you're able to turn on locations is that a you wonder 
can you turn on locations to allow other people to discover you? So when you're turkey hunting, yeah, I want to let people to know where I'm at with it within maybe a mile or half mile. Um, so you could turn that on just as a, a, Hey, I'm here. Please don't come in and shoot me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's a good idea, you know, for certain, certain applications. Um, Because we had that that fatality in Colorado this year. Yeah, yeah, that was that was horrible. I read about that. Crazy deal. Yeah, no, that is that is a good idea. Uh, One I'll pass on. You know, we'd probably have to continuously remind folks to turn it off if they wanted it off. Because I know, oh gosh, somebody accidentally did that. uh, We would be, uh, of course, to blame that somebody forgot to turn it off, and now their their secret hunting spot is exposed. But I, I do like that, especially when you look at hunting with a group, right? So if I'm, you know, if it's, I don't, obviously I being so new to uh, the father world, um, I don't know at what, what point, you know, I'll separate hunting with my kid and whatever, but at some point that's going to happen. And for me to be able to just look on my Onyx and see where he's at and vice versa, um, that's going to be a great peace of mind and for safety. Um, a for, you know, like you were just alluding to shooting in that direction, but B just in general, you know, if, if, uh, I think we've all been there where you're hunting with somebody and you get back to camp and they haven't showed up for about an hour and a half and you just, you start to wonder, okay, like what's, what's going on? Where are they at? Um, and so to be able to share your location with other folks and, and look at it and be like, okay, well, I can see his location is making his way toward camp. So we're good to go. Or, you know, he's down in the bottom of this drainage, either A, something happened, or B, hopefully he's cutting up uh, an elk. So, um, yeah, I, I think the the future is going to be really cool with some of those things. And as we talk about advancements in technology uh, and those crazy, this would be cool, this would be cool kind of stuff, how much do you guys deal with the traditionalists and those, those conversations? How do you navigate th- that conversation with those people that say, to to or even within your company of how do we keep things what's fair chase um yeah absolutely and that's you know that's a kind of a moral question um which is going to be different for basically everybody you ask right um and so i know we we definitely do discuss that a lot as a company um you know at what point is you know when we get to a, a point in time when technology is so advanced that we might have an opportunity to do this, this, and this, like, how does that look? Is that something that we feel would be fair chase? Is that something that would, um, you know, just, just all sorts of conversations. So it's definitely being talked about. And I think that the biggest thing is, you know, us, us as a company who, us folks who hunt and, you know, have seen it evolve. It definitely is becoming more technical, more techie, if you will, um, just just weighing our opinions and, and going from there. But at the end of the day, too, also working very closely, which we currently do with with state um, FWP and laws and all that good stuff. So, yeah, it, I don't think it's an issue right now, but it definitely could be in the future. Um, but I'm confident, you know, as, as a company and as a product we put out, you know, we would uh, – do what we can do to, to help hunters be successful and be safe. But at the end of the day, I, I believe, you know, like you were alluding to though, hunting is a little bit of a traditional thing and it needs to stay that way to a certain point. Right. And, and it helps that you guys are a company full of hunters and yeah, everybody yep. hunts. You, you have that discussion. So I could totally see down the road, a, the data being available if you wanted mm-hmm. to, to request it from state agencies on collared deer and Hey, it's public information. I can request that. Uh, give me the information on that. And you'd be able to pull the data and plug it into something and say, well, I can track this deer myself <laughs> or something like yep. that. That could, I could see that being tempting for certain companies. And as soon as you do that, that's taken away fair chase very clearly. Very absolutely, yep. So, yep. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, and uh, I got to go on a little quick antelope hunt right now. So I think we're that's <laughs> I'm jealous. I'm 
I'm going to get back to work. So uh, your your afternoon is looking a little bit more fun than than mine, as far as if you're able to go go on an antelope hunt. Yeah, the beautiful beautiful thing about antelope hunting is it doesn't matter what time of day. Just go on a exactly. Yeah, yeah. They just seem to never last that long. I like uh, my antelope hunts in the last two years. Just have been so short, <laughs> so short. Cause yeah. I, so it's probably now time to to spend a little more time doing it, looking for a a nice buck or something like a something with a little more mass to it because i've only got a few 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 antelope bucks and under my my name and it's i want to look for one of those with fence posts on his head that'd be nice (laughs) the one that you look at and you're like wow that's a big antelope you know it's yeah it's kind of like uh with antelope and bear um bears like you know you can look at all these antelope and be like ah that one's definitely bigger than that one and whatever but even if you don't really know a ton you know when you're out bear hunting you can look over a lot of bears and be like oh i think that's a pretty good bear but when you see a good one when it's a really good one you don't have to be like i think that's a good bear you're just like holy cows that's that is that's true. a big bear that, um that is and so that's true. the same yeah that's the same with antelope that i found too i mean i've seen a couple exceptional antelope you know in the the 80s range probably and when you see one like that like you're not like man he's got pretty long cutters he he curls in pretty good i think he's pretty massive when you see like a a true good one you're just like holy cows (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah no it's it's fun i actually didn't even dry envelope this year and i i should have for sure Hmm. um montana's getting a little bit harder well everywhere is getting a little bit harder to draw yeah absolutely well, well, I appreciate it, and thanks for your time, and and uh, um, we'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. Talk to yeah, uh, sounds good. Uh, let me know how the antelope hunt goes, and let's definitely catch up. And hopefully, I've got a few more exciting stories after rifle season. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thanks again. Yep. Thank you. You want to succeed, you want to fish, you want to be one of the greatest. Tune in to West Marine's Life on the Water, presented by Costa Custom Boats, every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.